UNESCO Green Citizens, Citizens in Action for the Planet. A podcast by Aurélie Luneau, directed by Thomas Dieter. Al Hosaima, fishermen, custodians of the sea, with our green citizen Hussein Nibani and expert Francesca Santoro. I am the chairman of the Agir Association and part of the Al Hosseima project. This association, which I founded in 2008, deals with integrated management of resources. Working with ospreys, I made these birds of prey my ambassadors towards the local fishermen. They worship this eagle. They even call it the boss, Reis, as they know it's much better at fishing than they are. We're on the Mediterranean side of Al Hosseima National Park in Morocco. Boasting rich biodiversity, its protected marine zone covers an area of 185 square miles. Hussein Nibani is our green citizen. He's a professor of earth life science specializing in the osprey species, also known as the fish eagle. I was born in Fez, but discovered Al Hosseima National Park in 1987 when I was posted as an earth life science professor. My involvement with the park grew in 1989 when I began monitoring the local osprey population, one of the biggest in the Mediterranean area. The osprey is an ichthyovorous eagle, meaning it feeds exclusively on fish. These birds have a white chest, and the females have a kind of black neck collar. We currently have 16 breeding pairs, in addition to the single males. One of the reasons we chose ospreys was because of the anthropological bond they have with humans. This helped in the various training programs we delivered to the large population of local fishermen because they recognized the parallel between their own destinies and those of the ospreys. Basically, if there are no fish left, the ospreys will disappear along with them. Hussein Nibani is well aware of the dangers facing Al Hosseima's marine zone. Pollution, illegal fishing and overfishing. Working through his association, he's had to make the fishermen his allies and persuade them to change their methodology. Blast fishing used to be practiced from the cliffs. In fact, a large number of fishermen lost a hand using this method. It had dramatic consequences, not only by putting the fishermen in danger, but also by destroying fish supplies over time. One single fish can lay up to a million eggs. 
So by establishing a rule, allowing all the young fish to reach adulthood without being killed, we're able to create a fish and aquaculture farm right there in the sea. As soon as we eradicated blast fishing, the fishermen noticed an uptick in resources. They didn't all agree with it at first, but once the biomass had been retrieved, they came back and told us we were right. The second stage of the project consisted of involving the fishermen and their families in a new, more legitimate economic model over the long term. We created our own fin trust. This gives the fishermen the possibility to buy fishing gear and repair their boats, etc. when they're lacking sufficient funds of their own. The Agir Association provides interest-free loans. In fact, we've already financed the production of biodegradable equipment manufactured by fishermen's wives out of rushes, fishnets in particular. It's really important to involve these women as it's not easy for them to travel outside the Rif Mountains. These female team members are a core part of the project. A bus picks them up from home and takes them to the Technological Fishing Institute so they can learn this profession. Not only have they been taught how to make fish nets, they've also been studying the marine environment. In fact, some of the women aspire to become rangers. We already have three such employees. Most importantly, the nets they've made have already been deployed around the no-take zones to keep the trawlers out. No-take zones, where fishing is forbidden, and buffer zones have been established inside our Hoseima National Park. Co-managed with the locals, they're an efficient initiative for protecting marine species and the ocean as a whole. This uh, planet is called Planet Earth, but actually it should be called Planet Ocean. Um, there was already somebody looking at uh, the Earth from the space and saying how inappropriate it is to call this planet Earth when it's clearly ocean. The ocean is really key for a lot of things, and starting from climate, because the ocean regulates climate on this planet. And until now, it was actually what reduced the impacts of climate change because the ocean has absorbed almost 93% of the heat in excess. And so uh, it was thanks to the ocean that we, we didn't have yet uh, the very severe impacts of climate change. But this is changing, actually, because uh, the capacity of the ocean to absorb all this heat is, uh, is being reduced and consumed. And so the ocean is currently full of a lot of energy, and uh, this energy has to be dissipated, and this happens, for example, with uh, extreme events like hurricanes and storms. And uh, we are seeing an increase in frequency of these type of events. 
Francesca Santoro is in charge of programs for UNESCO's Intergovernmental Oceanographic Commission. The ocean is still largely unexplored and uh, we have mapped around 25% of the seafloor. Uh, so we still have a lot to do and um, maybe few people know why this is so important. Of course it is important to know the ocean, but a lot of uh, human activities are happening in the deepest part of the ocean, uh, which has an environment that is similar to the atmosphere that we had at the very beginning of the history of this planet. So probably life originated there and uh, with very simple molecules that could carry DNA. Uh, so that, that is, yeah, maybe how all life on this planet started. The ocean is, uh, is really what help us living on this planet. It gives us oxygen, the oxygen we breathe. Uh, Normally when we, we talk about that, we think about the forest and the Amazon, but actually is the ocean, within the ocean, between uh, uh, 50 and 80% of the, ocean, of the oxygen produced on this planet is produced in the ocean. And there is even a tiny bacteria that uh, produces by himself 20% of the oxygen produced on this uh, planet. So if we can breathe, is also thanks to the ocean. This is a very, the Green Citizens uh, UNESCO project is a, is a very uh, exciting project because I, I think um, it's true that we are talking about global issues, but then solutions are taken on a local level. Uh, and it's very important to give the power to citizens to participate uh, and to co-manage uh, the, uh, the areas, the marine areas uh, that are under threat. Uh, therefore, it's important to give um, this idea of the need of collaborate among citizens, among scientists, among uh, governments, among NGOs. Uh, this is the only way we have uh, to solve our problems because no one alone can, can solve it. Engaging uh, the citizens to become scientists and to work with scientists. And um, th there are so many good points about this uh, idea of citizen science because first of all, citizen can have a better understanding of what it means to do science uh, and so to value more uh, research and science and also to help scientists uh, because there are not so many scientists around the world so we need the support of everyone. When I'm close to the ocean uh, I um, I have a big sense of liberty, of freedom, and of being part of. I really feel I'm part of the ocean. I really feel that's where energy on this planet comes from. So I really feel close and, and part of it. One of my favorite poems is a poem by Pablo Neruda, who, uh, who said, I need the sea because it teaches me. 
and I think uh, the ocean teaches us a lot and uh, uh, it, it teaches us that we are interconnected. Uh, in, in the world that we live in, we are uh, unfortunately seeing a lot of conflicts, uh, a lot of nationalisms, uh, and people like uh, going back to their selves rather than feel part of a community. So that's my, my lesson learned from the ocean, uh, that on the contrary, to be able to thrive on this planet, we need to work together and knowing no borders, uh, knowing no boundaries, uh, so, and, and leave people to, uh, to travel this world uh, freely. So that's the lesson learned from the ocean. You've been listening to UNESCO Green Citizens, a podcast by Aurélie Luneau, directed by Thomas Duterte and Marie-Laure Ciboulet. Produced by Studio Radio France in conjunction with UNESCO and Cloran Botanical Foundation. Voiced by Dario Costa and Hester Wilcox. Translation Nikki Becker. Sound recording Delphine Baudet and Antoine Aspel. Mix Pierre-Yves Charles.